Touchdown, Travis Kelsey! From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. This is Locked On Chiefs for your 7-4 Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to the show. Thanks for making us your first listen. He's Matt Derrick. He's Chris Clark. I'm just some slow name, Brian. We're going to get you through. Tell you about this game, what mattered and a couple of things that I think really didn't in the long course of it, but it was kind of entertaining, Matt. This Good was up. a win nationally that was not expected. How did you feel about this uh, as it unfolded? Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the one thing that absolutely stood out and the one thing that was consistent throughout this entire game was the Chiefs' defense, which who thought that? We were, we were going to get a complete and total effort and, and domination from the Chiefs' defense against one of the – best offenses even in the league even if they were missing a few parts i mean Mm -hmm. um dallas still had some big names out there it wasn't like they were just going with a bunch of backups Uh, they still had some of the name brand parts out there um so that was dominating to me um if anything there was a little bit of surprise that we saw a little bit of a mini slump from the chiefs offense during this game uh i thought this might be a little bit more high scoring but um this was a thorough win i mean there was at no point that i thought that the the dallas cowboys were going to win this football game i mean from pretty much the the opening possession on um, the Chiefs dominated this, and it wasn't the same way as the, as the Raiders win last week. It wasn't, you know, that the offense just goes out and puts up 41 points and it's never really in doubt. This one was a little bit more hard fought, uh, but it was the same thing to me. I mean, this was the, the Chiefs dominating from beginning to end and heading into the bye week. I think that's about as best of an effort as you could possibly expect from this team. I just have to say I apologize to everybody because I picked the Chiefs to lose this game, so... <laughs> I know I got a lot of uh, heck because I picked them to lose, and that's fine. I will fully admit I just did not expect the defense to show up the way they did. And kudos to the defense. They played absolutely phenomenal. Chris Jones was a man possessed in this game, and I think that's a huge deal for this Chiefs defense. Uh, And, you know, Frank Clark showed up early as well, and that was really big for him as well. Yeah, and that was a a message really, you know, that was consistent in the postgame was just what's been the key to this defense in the last four weeks. Uh, you know, this defense only gave up five touchdowns in the month of November. They gave up 24 touchdowns in September and October when they were pretty much just letting anybody that got into the red zone um, into the end zone. Um, and, and these last four weeks, I mean, really even going back to the second half of that Titans game, this has been a different defense. And, and a key to it has been getting everybody back on the field and mostly being healthy. We're seeing what happens when Frank Clark and Chris Jones are both healthy. When you get a, a Willie Gay back onto the field, when you get Traveris Ward and Legereus Sneed both healthy and back there, Juan Thornhill is back into the lineup. You'll see all those pieces. And, and what's what you see going right with this Chiefs defense right now and who's playing well, they were kind of, for the most part, we're not on the field or not playing well back, you know, in the first six weeks of the season. And, you know, I think we talked about it before. You know, what was the best way that this Chiefs defense could improve? Get Chris Jones and Frank Clark healthy. And you're seeing right now what happens when those two guys up front are healthy and getting production. I can't disagree with you at all, but I will say this, too. Um, I think that there's a catalyst in there as well. And it's not just that they're healthy. That certainly helps. But if they were still separated with two positions in between them, both playing the edges, I don't think that we're seeing this kind of content. And it's it's not to give all the credit to Melvin Gordon. It's not Melvin Gordon per se. He didn't come in here and wreck games solo by himself, right? But 
the catalyst of having another legitimate edge rusher so that Chris can go back into the middle and quite frankly, so that Frank and Chris can play next to each other on a significant number of snaps. I think that catalyst is what has changed the front and that front has allowed the back to come along. Might even be Melvin Ingram that's making a big difference. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say Melvin Ingram. Has... I, only, I only have to give Ryan a hard time because I've been waiting for me. I've I already did it once. I was gonna call Melvin Ingram Melvin Gordon repeatedly the number of times. So I'm just glad you beat me to it, Ryan. Thank you. Every oh, every week I do this now. I was gonna say that's like the third or fourth time he's done it. Um sorry, Melvin. Melvin. Melvin has done fantastic and he showed up in the run support again today. Uh, yeah, he didn't get pressure on the QB, or he didn't get a sack. I'll say that. I'll put it that way. But he did show up in the running in run defense, and he is still getting pressure. So that's all that really matters. And I've been someone who's been was a defender of Chris Jones as far as being the argument that, you know, putting him on the outside because on paper at the beginning of the season, this Chiefs defense, I did feel like that their best front four had Chris Jones on the edge with Jaron Reed and, and either a Derek Naughty or a Tershawn Wharton on the inside, um, but. With the addition of, of Melvin Ingram, I mean, that's no longer the case. And, and and now I think we've even seen whether Chris Jones really wants to admit, I mean, he begrudgingly, you know, kind of is is, is talking about, you know, enjoying playing defensive tackle. I know he'd rather be, <laughs> be doing exactly the same things that he's doing on the edge. But I, I think that even Chris has to just accept he is so freaking good on the inside as a pass rusher. And it's just a waste to not get him in there if you've got the opportunity. And right now, I mean, the Chiefs' best defensive front is absolutely with Chris Jones on the inside. And you see an effort like this. Um, Chris had a lot of fun post game talking about how he really should have four sacks, not three and a half. And <laughs> Jerry Reed does not have any part of that that, that fourth sack. Um, but I think you, you once again you see you know what the the fun that these guys have when they're playing in a groove like they are right now. And I really just want to say this really quick. I know that the Cowboys line was beat up, and I get that, but it's not like Chris Jones didn't go against Zach Martin and get a sack, because he did. Yeah. He just manhandled Zach Martin, and Zach Martin is still one of the best guards in the NFL. I think it would be even more impressive if it was Melvin Gordon. Um, at some point, I'll get that right. But <laughs> I'm just going to say Melvin from now on. Um, but it, it comes down to like that whole setup. Like you're right, Chris would probably far, rather be outside, but... He is so good in there. The short area ability for him to get in and under pads is so much more accentuated there. It, it It's something I'm going to have to go back and watch. And if you guys want to go back and watch it, there's an easy way to do it. So you can watch movies, you can watch TV, you can watch film like I do. I'll probably have to use a tablet for that. But it's called Direct TV Stream, and it sets everything up so you have one remote, one thing. You don't have to go hunting around. You don't have to go looking for anything. And you can get everything in one spot, clear the clutter, clear the confusion, and get everything for you that you want Together on DirecTV Stream, super easy, no annual contract, makes your life a whole lot easier. I use it as well, at least when I can stream things. You know, guys know how this thing works. So uh, get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get it all together with DirecTV Stream. You can find more about that on DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. A compatible device is required. And content does vary by package. Package is exactly how I would put it because... Steve Spagnuolo did a good job putting a package together. I thought Andy Reid did a great job putting a package together for the first 15 my only qualm would be it was balanced. Uh, there was run, there was pass, it was tight, it was delivering the ball. And then he got outside of that 15, and we saw, like you talked about in the first um, segment, Matt, it was like a mini slump. It's It went back to what we want to do, not what we have to do to, to move the offense. Is that just instincts? Is that taking a shot at it? Is it something they still have to overcome, or do, should we expect this going forward? 
Well, we saw a little bit of the the Chiefs offense that when it's not firing, you know, pop up again. You saw a little bit of everything. Um, you saw uh, penalty yards becoming a problem, and, you know, that killed one or two drives. You saw uh, a couple of turnovers, you know, killed another couple of drives. Um, those are the, just the mistakes that the Chiefs were making when they were not playing well that torpedoed them. And, uh, you know, they went six straight drives in this game at one point in this game without a score. Um, that's the most, you know, consecutive drives without a score that they've had in any single game this year. And it matches the little slump that they had in, you know, that kind of Giants, Green Bay, Titans, you know, trio of games right there. So, I mean, I think we saw a little bit tonight. And, and I tell you this with the caveat that the Dallas Cowboys have a really good defense. Micah Parsons, if you got a chance to watch this game in person, you got to see him play. Congratulations, because, you know, seeing that kid play is I mean, that's something you're going to be talking about later. That's a, he's a really good football player. And it's just the beginning for him. Um, but this is a good Dallas defense. So I give him, you know, a, a credit for, you know, playing the Chiefs fairly well after those first three drives, really. Uh, but you did see a little bit of the Chiefs being their own enemy there for a little bit. Um, the penalties did get to them. Um, the mistakes got to them. I know, you know, Next Gen Stats noted this. That was the sixth interception that Mahomes has had this year that had a 75% chance of completion Oof. that actually goes for a turnover. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous bad luck. That's what I mean, killed because, him. Because once again, I mean, those aren't the things that you expect from a Travis Kelsey and a Tyreek Hill. Those don't happen very often. Um, but they've happened to this team, and it's just been something that has, along with the penalties, the the bobbles, uh, the turnovers, they've all have been problematic for this team at times. That turnover by Kelsey is exactly what has been problematic for this Chiefs offense throughout the season. And I do think, I think it was very interesting to see, at least on Twitter, uh, you know, you had Mitchell Schwartz coming out and talking about how they had four straight runs called and Patrick threw the ball three out of the four times. So I do think that there's some of that where he is pressing in to try to throw the ball and get chunk yards. And he just needs to realize that you're not going to get those plays sometimes, and that's okay, because I do think that they were running the ball well enough. The offensive line was playing well enough. The one thing I will say, and, and Matt, you kind of brought this up, you can't get into situations where you start getting the penalties that they had. I thought that the taunting call on Clyde Edwards-Alaire was ridiculous. Uh, I know that by the letter of the law, that's a penalty, but I think it's stupid. Uh, you know, Rashad Fenton, okay, fine, call that penalty. But there was another one, and you're sitting there, you know, sorry, uh, Trey Smith, I don't even know what Trey Smith did. You know, we never saw what Trey Smith did. <laughs> he said something that he's not supposed to. What he said, we don't know for sure. But okay, well, if you use idea, your creativity, you can probably narrow it down to a few words. Yeah, I just – you can't put yourself in a second and 30, and that's what they did in that situation. And the offense was moving the ball. So they're killing themselves in those types of scenarios. And, man, I, if they can figure that stuff out, they'll be in good they'll be in a good situation. But they have to get over the penalties and stop killing themselves. Well, and, you know, and if these kind of things, if these these types of turnovers and the penalties, if they're mostly bad luck and these are something that reverts back to the mean and eventually the mm -hmm. Chiefs stop making those kind of mistakes and they actually get some good luck. Um, yeah, it's the kind of thing that could result in them, you know, putting up 75 points on somebody. But I will say this. I mean, there's another, another element that I thought was interesting to me. I remember, remember the Chiefs scored, you know, two touchdowns in the first half with zero production from Travis Kelsey. Um, the Cowboys really did an effective job of taking him out of the game plan in the first half. And that was a fantastic adjustment in the second half, you know, for him to be able to get five catches, 74 yards. Um, him getting going, I think, was a big, certainly a big part of the Chiefs being able to have some extended drives. 
Uh, I was still surprised that even with that kind of productive activity from Kelsey, that they didn't get more points in the second half. Um, but to me at the same time, I mean, you know, for them to put up the, the points that they did in the first half and to score two touchdowns or two touchdowns in the first half without anything from Travis, um, kind of impressive. I mean, it's a little bit surprising. So, but it's the exact opposite of what we saw last week, which was, you know, the first 15 last week was designed to get Travis Kelsey going and they put up 41. This week, My, Cowboys did a pretty good job taking it, limiting him in the first half. But but he did get a touchdown on the first drive. I mean, he did run the ball in. He did run the football <laughs> in. <laughs> so I I will say this. I just really quick. I'm really liking that type of thing when you go into a scenario like that and you give him the ball, especially on first down. I don't want to see it on second or third down and first and goal. I'm okay because I think that gives a defense enough to where that they have to look at it, but he is yet to throw the ball. So he's either going to hand it off or he's going to run it. And that's really pretty easy to defend. So I'm surprised he got a TD there. So and one day he's going to try to throw it and it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. So what you're saying is you guys both prefer the running game there. I just wanted to put that on the record, make sure we have that. <laughs> hey, that's an, I mean, it was the exact same play that they ran against the Patriots a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, and the fact that that's been on film now, you know, a couple of times and teams haven't caught up to it yet. And, and Clyde, I'll try it again. Clyde C- like- D was good as well. I, I like that design. I like the play call and you get Mahomes out there in space and he's able to pitch it and it's an easy score. I, I was it the original one a pitch read though against the Patriots because I felt like that was more predetermined. That one it it could have been. I probably need to look back at the highlight again. I know I I, tw- I tweeted it out earlier tonight, so I probably should have paid more attention to it. It, it was the exact same formation, um, mm-hmm. and Kelsey just went left instead of right. But he may have had a pitch option on there. I think he may have even he may have tried to fake it a little bit more than he he did on that one. Well done. Don't get fancy. Don't throw it. I like that. I do want to point out one other thing. Uh, The two turnovers were in the middle of that six-drive spread. So they they were moving the ball in both cases, but those things pop up, and that's what put you on a bad streak. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say Travis Kelsey was hungry. He went to the end zone. I mean, he just got after – he got behind that offensive line. The offensive line was doing great the entire time. Thank you, sir, for that. Uh, Bill Barr, if you have not tried these yet, I do not know what you're waiting for. These protein bars are absolutely fantastic. Chocolate brownie chunk is actually gone. They have taken it back. So now they have vanilla well, cream, me. I think, is their new their new flavor that they have out this week. Uh, most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down. A built bar is soft, covered in 100% chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you would swear that you're eating a candy bar, and I can definitely attest to that. It seems like it's a candy bar every time I eat one of those. Another great thing about Bilt Bar, there's so many mouth-watering flavors, in co- including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Bilt is coming out with new limited flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You do not want to miss out. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. It's Thanksgiving, and we know what that means. Football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Betting online has you covered all day, all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. It's not just football. Bet online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and all of your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. I like that. I, I got to throw a couple of things out that I just was very impressed with in this game. Shavarius Ward, I thought, played well all game. That interception shows how much he has grown as a player. I absolutely love that. And Dave Tobe giving Butker the ability to get that pooch kick. Uh, that was fantastic play calling. I don't like that Butker missed a field goal and an extra point, but what are you going to say at this point? Yeah, the you know I was kind of even surprised that the the Chiefs kicked a, tried to kick that uh, fifty three yarder going mm-hmm. that direction. It was the same direction where he missed the extra point, and that's where the winds were really kind of tricky and swirling tonight. Uh, it was it was in his face at that point, and and they were even kind of you know, a little bit of crosswind too in that direction. So I was a little bit surprised. I was not surprised at the pooch at all. I mean, I thought we might even see that on the first field goal try at that range and at going at, going that direction on the field. Um, you know, Andy Reid talked about it after the game. That's a, a play that their special teams practices all the time. And it worked absolutely to a T, even to the point where it's Nick freaking Allegretti. Downing the football. And, how much and, did you enjoy that, Matt? Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah. Seeing seeing Allegretti and Tommy Townsend both yeah. down there downing the football. That was great. I mean, that's even that's even better than you know Chris Lamont laying somebody out, you know, at the end of a punt. I mean, oh, I'm here for Nick Allegretti downing kicks. <laughs> it was great. I, I found that very uh, well-timed. I thought it was uh, a direct aspect of the, the wind, though, right? Even if they practice it every week, that's not something that they're looking to do on purpose unless the situation demands it, right? Yeah, I mean, that was just absolutely, you know, perky, perfect circumstance, perfect distance, um, everything. I mean, that's exactly what they they practice, and, and you know, and, and they executed it perfectly. I mean, give, give, give back plenty of credit. I mean, that's an easy one that – you put a little bit too much juice on that one and it goes into the end zone and you don't really net that much out of it. Um, but they executed it perfectly. Everybody got down there and, and covered it well. Uh, I think the Cowboys were a little bit surprised. So, you know, that, that element plays into it too. But, um, yeah, I mean, that is something that they, they practice fairly regularly and they were very pleased with the fact that they pulled it off as well as they did. Well, and I will say this. The one thing that really stuck out for, to me from that play specifically was if you do if you down it, you put the Cowboys in such a bad position because what was it like two minutes and 30 seconds left and you got the ball on your own two yard line, you're down two scores. That is phenomenal game planning in, in the chiefs regard. And that was a great pooch punt by Butker to put it. What on the three yard line is where it bounced. I thought it was going to the end zone for sure, but very happy with the outcome. Obviously it, it was a good outcome all the way around. We have two injuries, right? Fenton for an MRI, McKinnon for an MRI on Monday. We'll know more there. Limited movement for Fenton afterwards. That looked, I thought it was a collarbone at first. I didn't think that it was a lower body injury. So we'll have to get more info on that. But the last update, the one that I think is the most important here, as we're we're watching the the Chargers uh, about to get scored on and be behind, they could possibly lose this game. Your Las Vegas Raiders, all your friends out there, lost this game here. So the Chiefs with four losses right now are sitting behind only the Tennessee Titans, who dropped a game today and now have three losses, as well as the Baltimore Ravens with three losses. That's it. I think this game, and the way that they had to gut it out with the defense holding their water all day long and allowing the offense to come around, this shows me that not only are they capable of beating a top team, uh, but they certainly are in the driver's seat and well within the competition, I think, still in it for the top seed in this AFC. Am I wrong, Matt? 
No, you're not. I mean, they're absolutely still in it. Um, you know, the tricky part of the whole thing is absolutely going to be is that you can pick your team um, from this mix, but almost every single team that you're talking about, the Chiefs need to finish a full game better than they will be mm-hmm. um, because they lose the tiebreaker against almost everybody. I mean, we, we've talked about, obviously, Tennessee, Baltimore, um, Buffalo. You've got Chargers. You've got those as heads-up losses. Um, but New England's 5-1 and one in the conference, and the Chiefs are 2-4. and four. So mm-hmm. that one's going to be a very difficult one to try and overcome. Uh, really, I mean, you know, you've got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, you know, that you now have to beat. Um, you don't want to add those to either one of those to the list of teams that you're losing tiebreakers to. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, you know, you can any scenario you play out, the Chiefs pretty much have to finish a game ahead of anybody. Now, the great thing is, is that, you know, they're to this point right now where they're basically a game, half game, you know, no more behind anyone. I mean, they're tied with the Patriots now. They're both seven and four. Both those teams still have the bye week to come. Um, everybody else is going to be playing the rest of the way. So, yeah, and I and I think Tennessee, even though they've got the easiest schedule of anybody, um, they proved today, I mean, without Derrick Henry, they can lose to anybody. You know? Man, losing uh, to the Houston Texans, I just I can't imagine. And, and, and Baltimore really snuck one. I mean, this was a game that they certainly could have and probably should have lost. Um, the fact that they kind of squeaked that one out, you know, it was a big, big, big win for them. Um, but – yeah, I mean, hey, if the Chiefs win their way out or even draw, they could probably get away with losing one game and still be in the mix. Uh, but they need some help. They need some help from the rest of the league. And the great thing for the Chiefs is the rest of the league has been complying. Um, everybody in the conference is dropping games. And now on top of this, you know, I mean, from a just a, you know, this doesn't do anything for the Chiefs from a playoff standpoint, from but from a national perspective and from a psyche, they're 2-0 and against two of the best teams in the NFC. So, you know, uh, even though they, they don't have the AFC wins to match up, they've gotten it done. They're undefeated against the NFC this year. Yeah. And they play the four of the next six games against their own division rivals. Uh, I think that really is going to build, bode well for them. Uh, their next six games all against the AFC. So that's going to play huge in how this turns out for the season. Uh, Ryan, I do just want to throw out there that right after you said that uh, Pittsburgh turned the ball over on downs. Oh well, hey. So they didn't score. So just want to throw it over. Out. Yeah, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Hold your you, breath. You, You'll see what happens. You, you like jinxing things, but that's okay. <laughs> hey. All right, Matt. I'll give you the easy one. Who's your game ball go to? Um, I should take the very easy option, but I'm going to assume that one of you two will take the easy one, and I'm going to give it to you because I usually take the easiest one of them all, and I'm also going to cop out because I'm going to split my game ball. I'm going to give oh. it to Legarius Sneed and Traveris Ward. Because, yep. and I apparently am annoying <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I mean, you're always going to annoy Ryan. Take the gold. Take, I was ready for you, you to take, take the gold. When you take Sneed, you're always going to annoy Ryan. Well, but I got to split it with, with with him and Ward. I mean, those two guys both just played spectacular football. I mean, um, Ward just, you know, that interception alone was a fantastic play. Um, broke up three passes tonight. You know, this was this was clearly a game that meant something to him. Remember, he signed with an undrafted free agent with the Cowboys before the trade that brought him to Kansas City. I think you saw that he he wanted to have a big game tonight. Um, and Legere Sneed just continues to you know turn into superstar mode. I mean, those two guys are playing extremely good football right now and are a huge part of why the Chiefs have been on this run the last four games. Go ahead, Ryan. You All right, I'll go, uh, now that I've disappointed Ryan. Yeah, I, I wasn't even prepared to say that, so I'll, I'll go on the uh, the opposite side. Who, who kept things churning? 
I think on the offensive side of the ball, the guy that moved the ball the most and allowed them to get in whatever kind of rhythm was Tyreek Hill. I thought that they the first 15 was scripted with the expectation they were going to try to take away Kelsey, but he put down play after play after play to keep things moving. Without that, I think Patrick goes into a bit more of a stall, to tell you the truth. So I'll, I'll let you have the super easy one because I knew thought Matt was going there originally. But uh, I, I will say Tyreek Hill, for, for being the plug that is usually the distraction uh, that just kept the chains moving. I'm not going to take the super easy one. Uh, everybody's Chris Jones say, is getting a game ball from this threesome, <laughs> I'm no, telling you. No, he's not. <laughs> then I rescind my previous remarks. <laughs> That's fine. Rescind your previous remarks. Because honestly, in my opinion, who deserves the game ball in this game is Steve Spagnuolo. His defense played phenomenal throughout the game. And I'm not saying Chris Jones didn't have a fantastic game. He did. But Spagnuolo, with the way he did, with the play calling he had on the defense and the way he had this team going against Dak Prescott, confusing him at the line of scrimmage on multiple different occasions, allowed Chris Jones to get some of those sacks. I have to give a game ball to Steve Spagnuolo. I thought he did a fantastic job as coordinator in this game. You heard it here, Chris. If you'd gotten four, you would have gotten the game ball. <laughs> we we're, we can never be accused of overthinking things when we don't give a game ball to to Chris Jones with three and a half sacks or or to Patrick freaking Mahomes. Yeah, yep. right. CEO Sack Nation, well done. Um, <laughs> those guys get a lot of credit, so we got to point out some of the other ones, folks. We'll probably just take the easy low hanging fruit next week. Thank you guys for being with us. It's late, Matt. Thanks for all the time as usual out of Arrowhead. Thank you for your listening uh, and making us your first listen this week as well. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Matt will be back on Wednesday. We will talk to you then.